नमस्ते जय शिवाय आई हैव गॉट अ क्वेश्चन फ्रॉम सीकर अबाउट द फैक्ट दैट दे आर नॉट एबल टू अंडरस्टैंड वेयर इज माइंड इन द बॉडी इज इट इन ईच एंड एवरी सेल और इज इट इन द लोकेटेड समवेयर लाइक इन अवर ब्रेन और इन अवर अनाहता चक्रा so where is mind exactly and then where is atma is atma located somewhere above the head or is it like random or this or that see although i have created videos couple of videos i have created about sankhya darshan where first of all you acquire the correct terminology to speak to understand things if you keep calling it mind you will never understand where it is that's the reason we have unless we have to understand that manas buddhi chit and aham is what is called as mind right and we see all of them as separate faculties we do not call them just mind but let's say here we are trying to understand what is mind okay and another problem comes first problem is because of not using the right terminology that people are not able to understand this another problem comes because you do not understand the panchakosha system right you think your existence is just this much physical you are just annamaya kosha and then you do not understand how one kosha is connected to other kosha and if you have to understand what is how one kosha is connected to another kosha then you very deeply properly need to understand the meaning of the word sukshma or subtle now if you go by the english word subtle when we say pranamaya kosha is subtler than uh annamaya kosha and we say something like that then it is not helping you understand it understand this fact in its entirety because subtle is not the correct translation of the word sukshma subtle is a partial translation of the word sukshma so let me first explain you what is meant by sukshma only then i'm i'm going to explain you what is panchakosha system and where is atma and where is mind it will become clear to you by itself okay so what is sukshma what do we call as sukshma whenever we say something is sukshma instantly our mind thinks of nama and rupa right in other words the mind thinks of form in other words mind or we think of something that is small at atomic in nature or molecular in nature it's that small that is what we call as sukshma no that is not the only definition you know only way to look at what is sukshma sukshma also means that something has an ability to pervade some other object or you know subject object subject thing place item whatever you want to call that pervade it completely and then <clears throat> bind itself combine itself join itself 
with all the other atoms and molecules of that thing which it is pervading. For example, if I ask you, what is more sukshm or subtle? Let's now you know that subtle is not a complete translation or a good translation of a word uh, sukshm, but still. Because this video is in English, I'm going to use that word, okay? But whenever I say subtle in your mind, you need to understand that I'm talking about sukshma, okay? So, if I ask you a question, what is more subtler, earth or water? Or if I ask you a question, what is more sukshma or subtler, earth or paper you will definitely say in between earth and paper paper is much more subtler how see if i ask you to or if in the in between water and earth which is more subtler water is more subtler than earth how not because water has teeny tiny molecules and earth can also have very teeny tiny fine molecules and atoms, right? Still water is subtler than uh, earth because water has the ability to, to pervade other objects in such a way that it can bind itself to other things or objects, molecules or atoms. It can pervade it in such a way. For example, if you use earth, you put some dust on paper. What happens to the paper? Nothing. Paper doesn't lose its form. Paper doesn't lose its own structure. You can just flip the paper like that and the earth will, the whatever dust or earth that you have, dirt that you have put on the paper, it will wash off. Nothing will happen. Paper will not change, right? But if you put water on that paper, water is going to spread itself into the entire paper. And paper molecules and atoms of paper will become mushy, right? Paper may, if you leave it for a long time into the water, if you leave the paper there, paper will just be vanished. It will be gone, right? That is why we say, that water is subtler than paper or earth. Right? In the same way, if you put dirt on your clothes, right? What happens? Nothing. You just do like this. The, the properties or things or the earth is not able to, you know, bind itself to each and every thread of your cloth of the dress or the cloth that you are wearing right you can wash it off easily and every time you wash it you have to use water why water can go into the each and every thread each and every particle in the thread each and every atom in the thread of your cloth and can pull the dirt out so subtler thing is required to clean the gross one so between earth and water, and water also has the ability to wet your entire cloth, right? And if you leave the cloth for some time in water, then it will deteriorate, right? Water when is constantly dripping on a stone 
we see in the waterfalls we see in so many rivers it changes the shape of the rocks it erodes the rocks it can erode the soil it can erode the earth water is that much subtler but what can water do to a stainless steel pan what can it do can it can the water bind itself or you know just bind itself to each and every atom or molecule inside the metal no water cannot do that water can wet something or if it is iron water can create a it can have a corrosive effect and it can rust so corrosion can happen and rust can happen on the outer layer whichever surface is touching the water and that too in case of iron right but to stainless steel what is water doing to it so now what is much more subtler than water what is much more sukshma than water what has the ability to pervade each and every atom or molecule of the metal pan the stainless steel pan that you have got what has more ability than water fire you cook every day what happens when before you are cooking you are heating your pan right and fire has the ability that its heat reaches to each and every atom and molecule of the pan of that particular thing that you are heating up <clears throat> so fire is sukshma than water right but fire has its limit too what is subtler than fire air air is subtler than fire there is a air in between each and every molecule air can reach it's it's as if air is everywhere you just tell where 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 will you find a place where there is no air you will not find fire everywhere you will not find things heated just like that here and there in the nature or as well but where air can go anywhere and not just anywhere it can pervade the entire object just like that any object anything air is inside us air is outside us we have so much air <clears throat> in our lungs we have air in our guts in our intestines we have air being balanced inside our ears air is everywhere each and every molecule that it binds to each other they have a empty space they have air there everywhere there is air so air is even subtler than molecules and atoms because it can get inside the molecule and atom not just suppose this is a fire atom of fire and this is a atom of metal and they will just bind each other like that but in under inside each of them there is air now what is subtler than air akasha ether that you call again ether or space are not the correct translation of the word akasha akasha is that binding force which binds each and every 
which keeps the structure, which keeps the form in its place. If there is one single atom on one single nuclei of an atom of a cell, of a molecule, even in that, if that nuclei is holding, nucleus is holding in its place and its shape and its form, then that is because of the Akasha. So Akasha is the binding force which binds your two cells together so that you have a body structure which binds each and every uh, molecule or particle of the um, water which binds akasha is the force which binds each and every molecule and particle in the fire and in the air if it when air is flowing we say wind is flowing so that flow is made up of a small small atoms of air dust or something right so that that it has that binding property of when we say wind is coming from this side that means we are referring to a particular form particular shape that is flowing from here to there so when air acquires that shape what keeps it in its this shape akasha so everywhere everything this whole sansara cannot hold its shape its form its nama its rupa and is only visible and we can see it, we can touch it, we can, you know, perceive them through our five senses because Akasha is binding, is the binding force. Even inside our human body cell, each and every cell, each and every neuron, there is the binding force which is called as Akasha, which keeps it in its place and which binds, helps it to bind with another cell and create an organ or it binds lot of cells and organs together to create a system in your body for example your circulatory system <clears throat> is made up of your heart is made up of your arteries is made up of your veins and so many other small small other things right so how this one system we call it as one system but if you dissect and look at it there are so many different system if you further dissect it they are cells if you further dissect this they are just nucleus and having electron proton running around uh, them outside and if you further dissect it they are nothing but just energy particles which appear like wave so when they are wave we call it energy when they are particles or solid particle we call that a matter so matter and particle so this is more like you you can understand it from the quantum physics point of view you can read some quantum physics to understand what how come one particle when stays still appears like a metal and when it starts moving and it has it it it's a, it becomes a wave we call it energy so matter has the property this matter even our body everything is nothing but inherently just energy only because that energy is standing still it gives the appearance of solidarity it looks solid because that energy is standing very still. Think of it in this way. Suppose there is a fan and it has three blades. So when the fan is switched off, all the three blades are visible to you. But when fan starts going, suddenly if it fan is going fast enough, it looks like as if there is a disc. Because they are moving so fast, that it gives you an appearance of a disc. And if it goes even faster than that, 
then actually you stop seeing the fan at all. Neither the disc is visible nor the blades are visible. At max you may see just the air moving or you will see that just there is something but you cannot identify how many blades that fan has if that fan is going really fast because you don't see it. So you see when something starts moving really fast it will you your eyes your your five senses cannot perceive it its form okay so now after understanding this you have to understand the koshas so this is the most solid kosha that we have got annamaya kosha hmm? subtler than this sukshma than this annamaya kosha is the pranamaya kosha now where does pranamaya kosha starts from where it ends i'm going to explain you where it ends but where does it starts from in normal people those who are worldly people or you can call them bhogis or rogis or just normal people they are not yogis okay so in normal people their pranamaya kosha starts from three feet two and a half to three feet away from the body okay and then it comes all the way inside 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 then it pervades your all the cells and everything in your annamaya kosha it pervades everything so it's important to understand where it starts and where it ends it ends it's it just blasts each and every cell in your body you cannot say that this body does not have a pranamaya kosha. No, it does. Your pranamaya kosha does not stop. Because it is subtler than your annamaya kosha, it does not stop at the boundary of where your body starts. It does not stop there. It pervades your entire physical body. That, and by that I mean each and every cell, molecule, atom, nuclei, the smallest, tiniest part of your Annamaya kosha, it pervades even that. That means it's pervading all your body parts. It's pervading all your body systems. It's pervading everything. It just goes through everything in your physical body. Okay. In yogis, pranamaya kosha starts from somewhere around, their pranamaya kosha is very big. So it, two really, really serious yogis who are almost near samadhi near samadhi not they have not yet attained samadhi for them pranamaya their pranamaya kosha starts from 20 feet 25 feet away from their physical body and it pervades their entire annamaya kosha so it starts from there it's that much bigger in size yogis pranamaya kosha okay and then if to yogis who attain samadhi, their pranamaya kosha has no bounds. Depends in if they are in sahaj samadhi or after enlightenment, if they are just sitting and being in bliss, their pranamaya kosha grows even more than 11 kilometers around their body. It's that big of a circle that it can create. And they can really create a very good energy tornado. And that's why some... Uh, enlightened people 
after they attain samadhi their job is just to stay in that kind of a samadhi and stay like that do not start involving themselves with people because it does a lot of good to the environment it does a lot of good to other human being if they can stay in that high energy state all the time do not talk don't do much of anything and there are people who takes care of such samadhi gurus okay there are and they kind of stay hidden from the world they do not come in front so that is how they help not every samadhi guru becomes a guru in the sense that they start teaching in the world to the people okay some of the samadhi gurus have that kind of a karma and job to do that but not every samadhi person goes through this kind of a thing so their energy body becomes that large that their pranamaya kosha okay now manomaya kosha now in normal person because the their pranamaya kosha was like two and a half to three feet away from their body now further add three four feet three more feet add add after that so if my suppose i am a normal person and my pranamaya kosha is three feet from my body is starting from three feet from my body then my manomaya kosha will be six feet from my body okay but understand that subtler than pranamaya kosha is manomaya kosha it's even subtler than that right and that's why when manomaya kosha starts like six feet from your body it starts pervading it comes it's not that it it ends where pranamaya kosha start no it doesn't end there it pervades the energy body the pranamaya kosha then it pervades each and every cell in your body each and every uh, dna nucleus atom molecule all your body parts all your body systems everything so now in other words just like we said each and every body cell each and every system has energy flowing in them prana flowing in them prana is not just in your lungs or in your nose or in your eyes no pranic shakti is there in each and every cell of your body and that's how each and every cell is doing what they are supposed to do right it's functioning the way it's supposed to function exactly in the same way kidney cells are not lost and going here and there to the heart cells and becoming growing another kidney in your heart does that happen no kidney regenerates itself so there is a mind there is an intelligence in each and every cell of your body there is a mind there is an intelligent intelligence in all the 72000 nadis that are there in your pranamaya kosha there is mind there is intelligence in all 114 chakras that you have got in your pranamaya kosha just like physical body annamaya kosha is made up of circulatory system excretory system reproductory system eyes ears body parts this and that exactly in the same way pranamaya kosha is made up of what 72000 nadis and 114 chakras so manomaya kosha is pervading all of that kundalini has a intelligence of its own all your nadis have intelligence of their own all the 114 chakras have intelligence or mind of their own means it for example <clears throat> your car has intelligence of its own 
but it's up to the driver what intelligence he, he or she uses he can drive beyond the limits of engine he can drive beyond the limits of uh, the tire or he can use them well and keep on driving nicely but there is intelligence there it has been your smartphone the reason it is called as a smartphone is is because there are a lot of things that it can tell about itself to you oh i have less battery please charge me your phone tells you that right you do not have to guess it oh i have no signal i cannot make a call right now your phone is telling you that exactly in the same way your body is telling you oh you are hungry go and eat food oh you are feeling dirty and you are smelling bad go take shower or that you you have pain here or pain there your body is telling you right exactly in the same way your pranamaya kosha tells you a lot of things that oh somebody just took all my energy and i feel drained or that today i am feeling lot of power and energy in me, me. it's as if just i am just bursting with energy and i can do anything today your energy body is telling you your pranamaya kosha is telling you because they have intelligence inbuilt in them and of course your manomaya kosha tells you a thousand things as well right your manas buddhi chit aham all of them are telling you also buddhi is saying don't do this don't do that let's do this let's do that manas is saying oh i hear some good smell somebody is cooking a good food right so buddhi manas and aham your aham is saying why should i do this why should i do that so you see you are getting this whole thing all three koshas are actually working as one right because they pervade each other they are mixed combined joint with each other now fourth one is vigyanmay kosha vigyanmay kosha is even subtler than manomay kosh that means it has the ability to pervade all the three koshas it has it is so so much subtle that it can actually pervade your manomay kosh and that when it pervades the manomay kosh and people those who have a really developed or have a perception going that far away from their body now we started manomay kosh from somewhere like 6 feet further away from from this physical body's boundary then you can say vigyanmay kosh is so much subtler it starts somewhere like another 2 and 1/2 3 feet or 1 and 1/2 2 to 2 feet away from your manomay kosh so in total you can say okay 8 feet or 9 feet away from your physical body that's where vigyanmay kosh starts so when vigyanmay kosh starts from there it pervades the manomay kosh because it is subtler then it pervades the uh, pranamaya kosha and then it pervades the annamaya kosha so it's perva- pervading all these three koshas and how does it function a lot of people first of all do not have perception of their vigyanmaya kosh okay it's not in their perception for in the similar way like a lot of people have no perception of their energy body they cannot say feel uh, you know perceive the energy of other people other places and at times they may say okay i am tired but they are not realizing that their vital energy has gone down or that their pranamaya kosha is having less energy okay so a lot of times people do not have perception of that mind they are consumed by mind all the time manasah aham chit and buddhi these four things so people are consumed by their 
मनो माय कोश बट दे डू नॉट परसीव इट बाय स्टेइंग आउटसाइड एंड बीइंग अ विटनेस टू दैट कोशा ओनली योगीज डू दैट और इन मेडिटेशन इट हैपेंस इन डीपर स्टेट्स ऑफ मेडिटेशन व्हेन वी से बिकम द विटनेस व्हाट आर वी सेइंग become the witness of your annamaya kosh your pranamaya kosh your become the witness of your manomaya kosh become the witness of your vigyanmaya kosh just be the witness do not be consumed by it okay so yogis do that and to meditative people that happens so a lot of people do not have vigyanmaya kosh's perception so that is why not everybody you know can really function from their intuition now intuition is said to be a function of vigyanmaya kosh which is true and at times people call vigyanmaya kosh as intuitive body but again it's a very limited trans uh, translation of vigyanmaya kosh vigyan means body what is vigyan what is science vigyan means science right what is science science means direct perception science means doing an experiment and going through a direct perception of something but what kind of direct perception are we talking here because in our normal understanding how do we perceive how do we perceive this sansara through our five senses right but that is the sixth sense you can say or entire body of such a huge large body of sixth sense which helps you perceive through meditation deeper states of dhyana deeper states of meditation through samadhis when samadhi is happening the perception is happening through the vigyanmaya kosh it is not happening through these five senses given in this uh, annamaya kosh or physical body so perception is happening from there so it's a body of direct perception you can perceive shaktis and devi and devtas and other gurus anything in the cosmos can be perceived through the vigyanmaya kosh but again it's the same thing not everybody has muscle right not everybody's body is that built up and nice that they have muscles and they can feel the muscle here and muscle there <laughs> exactly in the same way people's pranamaya kosh is not developed enough for them to perceive things through pranamaya kosh not everybody's manomaya kosh is that developed that they can stay away from their mind and <clears throat> really witness their thought so in the same way people i do not have perception of their normal people do not have perception of their vigyanmaya kosh so their way of perceiving the sansara the world stays limited to these five senses so in their words in other words direct perception for them means that which can be perceived through five senses given in the physical body because that other other faculty of perception is not working in them it's not so common in so many people especially in this yuga we are in the dwapar yuga right in kali yuga even energy body was not functioning was not perceivable now in dwapar yuga at least this much is we are moving towards that and at least this much is functioning when the satya yuga comes a lot of people have direct perception from their uh, vigyanmaya kosh so you do not need to physically go to the person to talk to them you can just sit here convey your thought and it can reach the other person and they can hear it as a voice voice is all about akasha shabda 
And if akasha is there in each and every cell of your body, physical body, you can actually manifest sound. You can actually manifest thoughts as thoughts as sound. How can you do that? Only when your vigyan kosh is working that much. So only in yogis it works. Or those who do meditation, those who are spiritual seekers, when they walk their journey and their Vigyanmay Kosh becomes really powerful, they start having spiritual experiences, mystical experiences. And in those experiences, where are they perceiving everything from? They are not perceiving, looking from these eyes. They are actually perceiving from the Vigyanmay Kosh. When you are dreaming, are you looking from these two eyes? In your dreams? No. Where are you looking from? How do you see a dream? How do you see different people in your dream? Where does that perception comes from? How does that perception even happens? You say, oh, I heard this. Oh, I heard a blast in my dream. These ears were not being used. So which ear and how did you perceive? The sound in your dreams. So you see, Vigyan Maikosh. And then comes Anand Maikosh. Now, Anand Maikosh, even though we, we give it a sort of an identity to say, okay, starts from there and starts come, come all the way here and this and that. But Anand Maikosh is the subtlest kosha. And Anand Maikosh is one. Just like you have your physical body, I have my physical body, you have your physical body, I have my pranamaya kusha, you have your pranamaya kusha, I have my manumaya kusha, you have your panumaya kusha. That is not the case with anandamaya kusha. There is not, there is nothing like your anandamaya kusha and my anandamaya kusha. There is one anandamaya kusha because it is the adhara given to everyone by supreme consciousness, by paramatma. So, in other words, you can say it's the, you know, kosha or the body that is extended in the entire Brahmanda, in the entire cosmos, and it's just one body. And it's the adhara or the base of an atma. Now, atma is subtler than all five koshas. Atma is subtler. When subtler or sukshma, then all the five koshas. Now imagine. Now just, just by that statement, you should be able to understand where is Atma in you. Where it is not. In which kosha there is no Atma? In there is no awareness. How come awareness is traveling in each and every body, in each and every 72,000 nadis in all the chakras all the billion cells all the 114 chakras each and every faculty of your mind each and every senses and it's traveling all the way in vigyan maya kosha in your pineal gland in your agnya chakra so if atma was to stay at just one place in your body and it's and it's sukshmata subtlety if it is not pervading your entire five koshas that is not how it works. People stay a whole lot confused about this thing. Atma in Vedas, in Sankhya Darshan also, we say Atma is Ek Deshi. Ek Deshi means Atma is 
bind to or at a time stays in one place or time. Atma's existence is within the pl- uh, time and space dimension. Right? Because, and we say that to help us understand that Atma's existence is always in the dharan of body. Atma is which embodies this these five koshas. And in order to embody these five koshas, its awareness, the character, one of the characteristics that Atma has got is that it is its awareness is pervading all the five koshas. Atma is said to be of Anu. It's like in Vedas and Sankhya Darshan tells you that Atma is like an Anu. Anu means atom. So Atma is atomic or molecular, that small in nature. That in other words means that it's cons- the particles or the smallest entity that is constituting the Atma, that has created the Atma are finer than all five koshas that you have got. That is uh, that is why it can pervade, that is the only way it can pervade all the other five koshas because its own structure or molecule or power is smaller than, subtler than, sukshma than all the five koshas structure. So now if, I, if we say Atma is like an Anu, like an atom, like an molecule, where does it, where is it in all your five koshas? Which atom is it binding to right now? Is it the atom inside Agnya? If we say it's in Agnya Chakra, then in other words we are saying it's, it's resid- Atma's residence is in Pranamaya Kosha. But no. Atma has to leave Pranamaya Kosha when the body, it leads, leaves the body. So the Atma dies. Is Atma dead along with the body? Because Pranamaya Kosha leaves the body. Right? All the prana and everything, this body gets destroyed and the Pranamaya Kosha gets destroyed. When a person dies or leaves their body. So then where is Atma then? If it is in Manomaya Kosha, then only your Chitta stays alive. In your manas only indriya are there but all this has been destroyed so there is no perception that is happening from outside within the atma. But atma is still carrying all the 18 uh, subtle elements as I have explained in my Sankhi videos. Right? So then where is atma? So atma within the body stays in pranmaya kosha and atma in the dead body or you can say people those who die do not have a physical body. Where does atma stay in them? Does Atma keep changing place? No. If it is an Atma of a single cellular animal like amoeba, how tiny amoeba is that we have to actually use microscope to look at it. Right? So you you will say that Atma of an elephant is big and Atma of an amoeba is small. So Atma is of varying sizes and shapes? No. You can never look at Atma like that. Never ever try to think of always in the terms of shapes and forms, shapes and forms. This identification 
this attachment that people have got with shape and form slowly through walking a spiritual journey it has to be given away it has to go away you think ma durga or any shakti or kali look like how they are uh, portrayed in pictures and murtis no these shaktis have got no form in other words it's a very fluid form it's a energy in the movement it's such a dynamic energy and such a high power energy it's an energy in movement all the time how can it acquire a shape of a human body but because human beings have no other way to perceive this shakti so they paint it like that so never think of an atma like that you cannot think of an atma like that and if you th- if you think atma is in the agnya chakra or in your pranamaya kosha then what good does it do to you how does it helps in in walking your spiritual journey how does it help it does not help be an atma and know where it is go through yoga dhyan samadhi and know where is atma it does not have a centralized place like that in any of your kosha it's pervading all the koshas that you have got it's that much sukshma in nature but sukshma here does not mean shape and size sukshma here or subtle here actually means an ability to pervade everything that is less subtle than itself so i hope this helps and helps you understand where is mind and where is atma okay namaste jai shivaya